Well, we are in the middle, actually the tail end of our Enjoy series. We only have, I think, two more weeks to go. And the idea of this Enjoy series is to be an island of positivity in a world of chaos. That's the goal of this Enjoy series, and I think it has worked out so far. This world is in some chaos. It really is. There are, you know, the war in Europe, which is devastating, and there's talk of global recession. Uh, our nation is in a political season as it is roughly 12 months out of every single year. And so there's all kinds of uh, just fear-mongering and accusations and just people at their worst. Local politics is actually getting uglier than I have ever seen it, and so we want this Enjoy series to be that island of positivity in a sea of chaos. And all this is based on Jesus and the purpose for his very existence. He let us know. He says, my purpose is to give you all a rich and deeply satisfying life. That's what Jesus said. Jesus says, the reason why I am here, the reason I am teaching and preaching and serving and, and creating this whole movement that would be called the Christian church is because I wanna give this world a rich and deeply satisfying life. That looks like enjoyment to me. So we've talked about enjoying life, enjoying God, enjoying family, enjoying friends, enjoying church. Last time we talked about enjoying the journey last week, which was, was absolutely incredible. Check out last, last week, if you haven't already, specifically the end, uh, Dion just brought the house down. Today we're gonna talk about enjoying generosity. Enjoy generosity. Now, some of you have been to church for a while and you're thinking, okay, Treadway, I know what's up here. You're fooling nobody. You're gonna talk about money, aren't you? Well, a little bit, little bit little bit, but hang on. It's about much more than that. And I promise you, for those of you who are new, if you're brand new today at Ranch, you're like, oh, good. We showed up to church for the first time. They're talking about generosity. Hang with me. I promise you. Rancho is always, always, always a guilt-free zone. Nobody is really motivated for the long haul to do much of anything good by guilt. It works for a little while, but it's a guilt-free zone. No lame religious manipulation at Rancho, zero. If you see any lame religious manipulation at Rancho, you narc on somebody and we will bring an end to it. We don't do that. We don't do fake religious promises. We will not tell a story if you give $100, $200 shows up in the mail. because that, No, that, that's fake religious stories. We are just going to be honest today about generosity. And not just money. In fact, you'll see here very soon, that's really not the focus. The focus is a heart that says, okay, I follow Jesus. Jesus was generous. God, can I be more generous? And can I enjoy generosity? And that's what we're going to see right out of the gate, is being a generous person leads to more enjoyment in life. That's just the rule. It's just the law. It's how God wired us. I'm going to say that again. The more generous we are, the more we enjoy life. That's the rule. That's the rule Jesus talked about. That's the rule that's now backed up by science. 2,000 years ago, Jesus says, I'm gonna tip my hand. The more generous you are, the more you're gonna enjoy life. They're not gonna figure this out for 2,000 years, but I'm letting you know that's the way it is. And some of us might be thinking, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Generosity is about helping others. Generosity is about making sure others get to enjoy their life more. But you're saying actually helping others creates more enjoyment for me. And I'm saying, yes, that's exactly true. Here's the law. Highly generous people, what we're gonna call HGPs, right? Highly generous people, HGPs, enjoy life much more than those who are less generous. That's backed by 40 years of science. 
I'm gonna give you the test. This is the definitive test. It's called the Adaptive Self-Report Altruism Scale. You ready? Um, there's various versions of this over the last 40 years, but there's a score of zero, one, or two. I'm gonna ask you, I think there's 16 questions here. Um, if you have never done this, it's a zero. If you've done this once, it's a one. If you do these things regularly, it's a two. So for every question, give yourself a zero. No, I never do this. Give yourself a one. Yeah, I did that once. Pretty proud of myself. Give yourself a two. If yeah, I do that on a fairly regular basis. You ready? There's 16 questions. So some of you might run out of fingers. You might run out of toes, but you know, let's see what we can do. Numbers are hard. I get it. Ready? Here we go. I helped pay a bill or buy food for someone I did not know. Zero is not, don't do that. One is I did that once, I'm pretty cool. And two, I do that fairly regularly. Second question, I donated clothes or goods to a charity. Zero, one, or two. I gave money to a charity. I volunteered for a charity. I helped carry the belongings of someone I did not know. I have given blood. I delayed an elevator or held the door for someone I did not know. Although it is fun to watch the door close as somebody's running. <laughs> I allowed someone I did not know to go in front of me in line. I pointed out a clerk's error in undercharging me for an item. That's like a big deal. That's really cool for you if you do that. I let a neighbor I did not know well borrow an item of value, which means you did not get that back. <laughs> I helped a classmate or coworker whom I did not know succeed. I voluntarily looked after a neighbor's pet or kids without being paid. I give to charity at the holidays. I offered to help a handicapped, elderly, or special needs person. I offered my seat to someone who was standing, doctor's office, bus, whatever. I helped an acquaintance move houses. That's critical. Not a family member, doesn't count. Not a good friend, counts a little bit, but an acquaintance. And I, let me tell you, if you did this, 100 points, 100 points. It's like the highest level of service humanly imaginable. So what these study groups did is you take the top 25% of these tests and you say those are the HGPs, the highly generous people. You take the top 25%, highly generous people, and then they follow those people in comparison to the non-HGPs. And here's what they find. It is incredible, the benefit from being a highly generous person. Here are the benefits. HGPs are more than twice as likely to be satisfied with their lives that's incredible. It's like that alone. Oh, sign me up. How do I be an HGP? More than twice as likely to be satisfied with their lives. HGPs are more than three times more likely to feel happy every day. HGPs are three times more likely to say they have a very meaningful life. That sound good so far? Sounds pretty dang good. I said dang, by the way. HGPs are closer in their family relationships. HGPs have more friends. HGPs have more support around them in time of need. So when they're in need, they have a whole community that is generous to them. HGPs are more fulfilled in their careers. HGPs are more content with what they have. They're not always thinking more, more, more. HGPs are physically healthier on average. 
HGPs enjoy better, better mental health, including experiencing less hopelessness, less apathy, less depression, less anxiety. HGPs are more likely to believe people are inherently good, and HGPs have an optimistic vision for the future. I mean, seriously. I mean, sign me up. If that's the life of a highly generous person, I mean, who, there ought to be lines, right? As far as the eye can see, sign me up. But here's the deal. Despite all those benefits, despite the fact that the more generous you are, the more you will enjoy life, despite all that, true generosity is exceedingly rare. Why is true generosity exceedingly rare? That's because being an HGP is 100% the opposite of human nature. Being an HGP is 100% the opposite of human nature. Human nature is all about what? Looking out for number one, right? Look out for number one. And it's completely understandable, right? It makes perfect sense. If I wanna be happy, I need to look out for myself. If I wanna have a life of enjoyment, I need to look out for myself. If I want my family to be happy, we look out for ourselves. That's just human nature, and it makes perfect sense. If I want happiness for me and my family, pursue happiness for me and my family. If I want me and my family to enjoy life, I'm pursuing enjoyment for me and my family. That's just human nature. And other people and generosity just gets put way, way in the back priority. So it's opposite of human nature, but that's not how God wired us. That's not how God wired us. Here's how God wired us. Those who look out for themselves the most are the most unhappy. And those who look out for other people the most are the most happy. Craig Grammer's happiest, but I wanted to use foremosts. Those who look out for others the most are the most happy. That's the rule. That's the law. That's what Jesus talked about, and that's what science backs up. It's completely the opposite of human nature. What Jesus says is the more generous we are, the more light we give to the world around us. So Jesus says, if we take the goodness and the grace of God, we take the gifts that God gave us, and we pass these on to other people, we are gonna be the light of the world. We are gonna be the light of the world. He says this in the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is famously Jesus' first major sermon. His first major sermon, he gathers his disciples together and he preaches basically his inaugural message. And as you read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew uh, chapters five, six, and seven, you'll see that Jesus is explaining a whole new way of life, a completely foreign way of life that has nothing to do with human nature, looking out for number one. He's talking about a generous life He's talking about a life of selfless love, a life that shows mercy to others, a life that gives a person a coat when they just ask for a shirt, a life that helps carry a bag the extra mile, not just the one mile that somebody asks, but the extra mile, doing charitable deeds without fanfare, giving money away without being noticed. This is the content of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is saying, this is a life of generosity. It's a great life. And here's how he describes that life. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Jesus says, if you live the kind of life that I'm inviting you to live, a life as an HGP, a highly generous person, you're gonna be the light of the world and that light will be seen because it is so different. It is so unique. It is so unusual. That light will be lifted up. Very next verse, verse 15. 
You don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So Jesus says that light of being a highly generous person is light that is shared. We bring light to everyone. We bring warmth to everyone. This light is contagious. It's not just you being generous, but that light is shared. That light is given away to others. Very next verse, Matthew 5, 16. Jesus says, so let your light shine before men so they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. A life of generosity is a life of doing good. You know, we're free in God's grace. So we're not doing anything generously under compulsion or guilt or shame or manipulation, none of that. It's just we follow Jesus, Jesus is generous. God, would you help us be more generous? Would you help me be more generous? Would you help our family be more generous? That's the light of the world. Let your light shine, give your light away, light up the world around you through generosity. And generosity comes in two forms. I don't know of any more than two. Help me out afterwards when we're done. Generosity comes in two ways, the generosity of time and the generosity of treasure. The generosity of time is a big deal because time is the most valuable thing we have. You could argue that time is more valuable than money. I'd argue that every day. Time is the most valuable thing we have, why? Because time is a resource that cannot be earned. It cannot be replicated. It cannot be bought. And when it's passed, it is gone forever and you can't earn more of it. Nothing can get it back. Everyone wants more of it and just how much time we have is largely out of our hands. So time is the most valuable thing we have, which is why when someone volunteers, it's this, to me it's just this remarkable, beautiful thing that in this limited time we have, we're gonna take a piece of that and we're gonna volunteer to help people that's not me and not my family. Volunteering is incredible, absolutely incredible. And Jesus himself said, when you volunteer your time, especially to people who are in need, you are doing an incredible work, an incredible work. Look at what Jesus says at the last sermon he preaches. He talks about generosity in the Sermon on the Mount at the beginning, he talks about generosity again uh, at the sermon, at uh, the Olivet Sermon at the end of his uh, life, right before his crucifixion. He says this about the generosity of time. He says, I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. No money's involved but the generosity of time. Come into my home and I'll care for you and I'll, I'll hear your story. I'll empathize with you. I was sick and you cared for me. There's no money here, but time invested in somebody who needs a helping hand, someone who needs some comfort. When I was in prison, you visited me. No money, just the thoughtfulness to go into a, a jail, to go into a prison, go through the check-in procedures, visit somebody who's probably very much alone. This is the generosity of time. Then listen to what Jesus says. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I, I indwell those who are suffering. I indwell in their stories. I live in their stories. And so when you give the generosity of time to somebody in need, someone who is sick, someone who is lonely, someone who is prison, you are giving that generosity of time to me. And I will never forget, growing up as a young person, I've told you this story uh, from a kind of a troubled home. I looked forward every Tuesday to going to Rancho Church up on the hill, right? When I was in middle school, they opened their doors and who was there? A bunch of adult volunteers who were giving the generosity of their time. 
Believe me, they had other stuff to do than hang out with a bunch of middle school students. And at the time, we didn't appreciate any of them, right? We, we thought, hey, that's kind of cool. You're here, and why are you here? And hope you don't bust me for ditching to go to across the street, right? But I didn't understand the value of the time that they were giving every single Tuesday to me, punk little you know, middle school kid. But I needed them. I needed their care. I needed their time. I needed their attention. It meant the world to me. That's the generosity of time. There's also the generosity of treasure. The generosity of treasure. In Matthew 25, Jesus talks about the generosity of time, but he also talks about the generosity of treasure. He says this, I was hungry and you fed me. Takes money. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. Takes money. I was naked and you gave me clothing. It takes money. And then Jesus says, as he said about the generosity of time, the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. Jesus values and honors the generosity of time and the generosity of treasure. And it takes both. To move forward the kingdom of heaven, to move forward the cause of Christ, to help people in need, it takes both time and treasure. It takes the willingness to be able to say, hey, listen, I have got some things in this life. I have got some talents, I have got some resources, I have got some time, and I am gonna give some of it away to help other people. I'm gonna be the light of the world around me. And I'm gonna brighten up the lives of others, and I'm gonna brighten up the world through generosity. That's the teaching of Jesus from his first sermon to his last. So how can I become an HGP? We've talked about all the benefits of becoming a highly generous person. How can I become an HGP? Well, before I give you just three quickies, none of this is gonna work without a heart change. And that is the hardest part. Human nature says it's about me and mine, me and my family. And so the generosity of time and the generosity of treasure is a challenge of the heart. It's not a challenge of habits, it's a challenge of the heart. It says, you know what, I'd kinda like to keep my time to myself and my family. I kind of like the treasures all for me and my family. And I get it. I'm sympathetic to that. That's a heart issue. It's not a habit issue. And it begins with the heart. And listen, I wasn't raised as a church kid. I went to a youth group, but our family didn't go to church dutifully. So we weren't kind of raised in, hey, giving offerings and giving generously and all that stuff. We weren't raised in that. So as a young man, uh, I did not give much of anything. I gave my time and I valued giving my time, absolutely did. And I experienced the, the enjoyment of giving my time to help kids and to help youth the way I was helped. That was great. But giving money away was something I just was not, not clicking in my head. And part of it was because I said, well, I'm giving my time, I don't need to give my money. Fair enough, fair enough. The other side of it was, I'm broke. <laughs> I mean, I'm broke. Uh, a youth pastor, making, I don't know, like 15, 16,000 a year. Now that was when dinosaurs walked the earth, but it was, I didn't have a ton of money. And then I got married and had three kids in diapers and we were, I mean, we were broke, broke. I, I don't want to use the poor word because relatively I can't say poor, but um, we were broke. And so, eh, you know, I, I'll give more of my time, but we just don't have a lot of money. Over time, I began to say, all right, listen, I think I'm kind of keeping all my treasure I'm talking about the time thing, which is good, and yeah, we don't have a lot, but I could give something. I can give something. 
And so we started giving little bits, little bits. And then every year, our commitment was a little bit more every year, a little bit more every year, a little bit more. And so this isn't about some formula that says, hey, it's gotta be this percentage, or it could go up, could go down just based on your lifestyle, based on your, your jobs and your income. I totally get that. Life circumstances, all of it. But it really is the heart. It's the heart of sincerity, a heart of generosity that says, as Jesus was generous, I wanna be generous. God, would you allow the heart to change? Then over time, the habits will follow. So how can I become an HGP? Real simple first thing, keep following Jesus. It sounds cliche, but it is not cliche. The more we follow Jesus, the more our heart aligns with Jesus, the more generous we will be. It's just the way it goes. And as you've heard me say before, if you wanna follow Jesus, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when you're done, do what? You've heard it. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The other stuff is great. But the core of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the core of that is the red letters. Look at what Jesus is saying. Look at what he's preaching. Look at what he's teaching. And look at how he lives his life. And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we see a generous Jesus. We know there's a generous Heavenly Father. And Jesus says, follow me. All right. That's got to include generosity. Keep following Jesus. Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 10, 39. He says, he who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And he's not talking about life and death. He's talking about what do you live for? Where's your heart? If you're trying to find your own life, everything for me, my time, my treasure for me and my family, then you're losing your life. That's when Jesus is saying, the more you're focused on you, basically the less you'll enjoy life. This is the passage. But if you lose your life, meaning you walk a path of generosity, give some time, give some treasure away, you will truly gain your life. Jesus taught that 2,000 years ago. It's proven over the last 40 years of science. Volunteer a little time, a little time. No one is asking for a lot of time, no one. Some people give a lot of time. Uh, some people who may be retired and they, they have a lot of time and they're giving a lot of time, but for most people, a little time does so much good. For the people who volunteered back when I was a young one here at Rancho Church, they gave about an hour and a half, maybe every other week. They weren't there necessarily every single time. They had lives and they had businesses, they had farms. I mean, they, they did a lot of stuff, but they gave some time, maybe three to five hours a month. And I can give you all their names. Of the people who volunteered when I was in middle school, I can give you their names and the impact they had on my life. Three to five hours a month, a month. Romans 12, five through six puts it this way. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So serve others with as much faith as God has given you. You do something good. You're good with your hands. You've got strong muscles, I get that. Uh, you're a talented person, administration, technology, you do something good. You're good with kids, just serve each other. Serve each other. Three to five hours a month, you'll do so much good. We have volunteers in nursery and children's and youth and young adults, dozens of small groups, Community Mission of Hope, uh, Rancho Damasitas, Hope Family Housing, Empowerment Village, all these things that we have launched as a church that impact thousands of lives, celebrate recovery support groups. All of that is run and led by volunteers giving three to five hours a month. Volunteer a little time and, and give a little money. Give a little money. 
Nobody's asking for a bunch. If you have a bunch, let's talk. But nobody's asking for a bunch. Give a little money. Give a little money. There's some biblical models in there that you can look to. I'm not even worried about that. For some of you who may not be in the habit of giving at all, I've been there and I get it. I totally get it. What was revolutionary for me is just to start, even with a little, just to start. And then what you find, and we found this big time, is we found that where we invest our money, as Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. What is Jesus saying? If your heart's not a generous heart, give a little money and watch what happens to your heart. And so when Jenny and I, when we were very young, started giving a little bit to the church, well, guess what? Our heart, you know, kind of started going to the church. Some of our resources are going there. So now I'm interested, right? The first stock I ever bought was Ford Motor Company, back, way back when. I could have cared less about Ford Motor Company until I bought like a stock. <laughs> you better be killing it out there, Ford Motor right? So your heart tends to follow your treasure. So if you're not in the habit of giving, maybe give to a cause that you really care about. Feel free to give to the church if you care about it and watch how your heart gets invested. Give a little bit of money. 2 Corinthians 8, 3 through 4 says this. For I can testify that the church at Macedonia, we'll talk about them. The church at Macedonia gave far more than what was expected, and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing. This church in Macedonia was poor, poor. They had nothing. They were struggling with jobs and struggling to eat, but the church at Macedonia heard about the church in Jerusalem. They were not only very poor, but they were persecuted. I mean, they were fearing for their very lives. They were blackballed. They could not get jobs. They could not get food. So the poor church in Macedonia said, hey, listen, Apostle Paul, I know you're taking up an offering for the Jerusalem church. We want to give. And the Apostle Paul says, no, you're poor. This is not the time to give. The Bible says clearly, give what you're able. And the Apostle Paul is saying, rightfully so. Macedonians, you're not able right now. Other people will cover it. The church of Macedonia begged for the privilege of giving a donation. Now, they couldn't give much, but their heart was to give. So they scrounged what they could, and their generosity was far more than anyone expected. They didn't do it so God would bless them back. I mean, what nonsense is that? You hear this in church all the time. Hey, you give money, and God will give it back to you. Wrong. It's not true. You give money at Rancho, gonzo. Gone, gone, gone. You're not getting it back right? It's an investment. Not to get money back, but to get light back. The light of God's love given to people just raises light and warmth to everybody, right? I'm just going to bottom line this here. I'm just going to be honest and bold. We and we, it means we, need your generous partnership. Rancho needs your generous partnership. We hardly ever talk about money here. I asked Jenny, when is the last time we did a sermon on generosity? She says, I can't remember. We rarely talk about money here. We don't even take an offering. Have you seen an offering here? We don't take an offering, pass the bucket kind of thing. We have opportunities, we talk about website, we have boxes in the back, and so we're just not kind of wired that way, but I'm being really honest with you, we need your generous partnership. We need your generous partnership of time, you might recall over the summer, we did a, a volunteer campaign call. I think it was called like Be a Hero, right? Something like that, like step up and be a hero for somebody. Dozens and dozens of new volunteers signed up, got trained, and are volunteering right now. 
watching your kids in nursery and playing with your kids and teaching your kids and children and hanging out with your middle school students next door. I mean, they're greeting, they're ushering, they're in tech, they're running cameras, they're running highly technical boards back there. I mean, stepping up. So we have hundreds of volunteers, not just here, but all throughout the valley, the Community Mission of Hope and, and Rancho Damasitas and all the empowerment villages, everywhere we are feeding and housing people, volunteers are serving. But we also need your generosity uh, in terms of your treasure. Here's the deal. Rancho Church is 15% shy of doing everything we did pre-COVID. We're 15% shy. We didn't back off on anything. We didn't back off on generosity. At this point, we are about half of everything that comes into Rancho goes out, outside the walls of Rancho to help people in need. I don't know of a church that does more than 10%. We do, we're getting that close to 50%. We are a unique church in a lot of ways. But that is probably one of the ways we're most unique. So generous. We have this tiny little staff that mobilizes hundreds of volunteers to make everything happen on Sunday and Wednesday and Thursday and throughout the week and events and youth and children's and all of it. But really our heart is about mobilizing to help people in need as well. We really need your partnership. So I'm gonna ask two things of you today. Number one, be generous in small but meaningful ways. Over the course of this fall, you're gonna have about eight opportunities to do something small but meaningful. Pumpkins is one of them. You can leave here today, buy a pumpkin for fair market price so you get something from it, but you know that that five bucks or whatever is gonna go help care for children at St. Jude's Children's Hospital. That's a small, very small act of generosity that is actually quite meaningful. If you wanna give more than the retail amount because you know it's gonna help children, give more. That's a small but meaningful way. You'll be given opportunities to feed families at Thanksgiving. You'll be, you'll be given opportunities to allow single mothers to buy uh, Christmas presents for their own kids. You're gonna have the opportunity to bless children overseas who will not have a Christmas present. You're gonna be asked a lot of things. You don't have to say yes to them all, but just kind of do the menu. What can you do as a family? Our family decides to just, we're doing them all. We're doing them all because we just wanna kind of lead by example. We're doing all, all the small but meaningful things. And then we're gonna ask you to be generous in a sustained and significant way. Hear me, if you can. If you are struggling, this is not the time to give. But if you have any capacity, it could start small. For those of you who don't yet give, it could start small. For those of you who do give, maybe you can up it a little bit. For those of you who give regularly and, gener and generously, I'm gonna have an ask of you if you're able to increase that amount by 15%. That's what we're gonna do this afternoon. We give generously to our church. We're gonna up that by 15%. We can, and we're gonna do it. And I'm asking you to consider doing the same, to fill that 15% gap, because we don't want to back off on anything here. We don't want to back off on anything in town, and we could use your partnership. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, you must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. My hope is that this was a, a zero pressure experience for you. I didn't see anybody walk out frustrated, so I'm hoping this was a zero pressure experience. You are under no compulsion to give. This is about freedom here at Rancho. Live free, but what do we do with our freedom? Do good. You can do good by your time, you can do good by your treasure. Not under compulsion, not by guilt, not by shame, or response to pressure, just a free invitation. Give as you're able, give as you're able. And perhaps walk a journey to become an HGP highly generous person. 
You go to rancho.tv slash giving, you'll see a drop-down menu with four things. Rancho Church Ministry Fund, just funds everything here. Rancho Humanitarian Fund, that funds everything locally and globally, including Imani Christian schools, including Plus One Palawano Medical Mission in the Philippines, including works in Peru, all over the globe that we've helped start. And uh, it's very exciting stuff. Uh, Rancho Campus Fund to keep this place going. And then uh, Rancho de Espanol, our beautiful uh, Spanish church. Here's what I want us to understand. We started with two candles here, two candles. This candle over here, beautiful life, beautiful light, beautiful person made in the image of God, living their life, wonderful. This person didn't walk a journey towards becoming an HGP. This person didn't walk a journey of intentionally giving some of their time and some of their treasure away. A beautiful person who will fade and have lived a beautiful life. This person over here, again, a beautiful person, living a beautiful life, but made the decision, I'm gonna become a generous, per a generous person. And started giving away some of their time and some of their treasure to the people around them. And they added light to the world. And not only did they add light to the world, but they're surrounded by the light and the warmth that they helped to create. And get this, this person who decided to share their light with the world, following the invitation of Jesus, be the light of the world around you. This person suffered nothing giving their light away. The candle suffers nothing giving their light away. The candle is no less by giving that light away. It experiences all the pleasure and all the joy of the warmth and light around him. Which journey are we going to walk? My wife and I made the hard decision. This is in our early 20s when we didn't have much. We made the decision to walk a journey, little by little by little. I would not take one minute of time that I volunteered back, not one minute back. My life would be nothing if it wasn't for the volunteering of time. I wouldn't take one penny back that we've donated, not one penny back. We would be driving a little better car if we didn't donate, who cares? A little bit bigger house. Who cares? A little bit better retirement. Okay, I care a little. I wouldn't take one dollar back. And I know for those of you who volunteer, for those of you who give, you wouldn't either. We're gonna close in a final uh, song. You may have heard the song before. It's a song that just talks about, God, would you allow me the honor of leaving a mark here in this world and leaving it a little better than I found it? You're gonna see images of everything we talked about. You're gonna see images on the screen of every good humanitarian thing that we do around here through the Mission of Hope Empowerment Village and Hope Family Housing, uh, through the farm. You're gonna see it all. You're gonna see Imani Christian School in Embu, Kenya that we helped to launch. You're gonna see works in Peru that we helped to launch. You're gonna see Plus One Palawano that we launched. You're gonna see all these things locally and globally that we as one church in this world help to start and sustain to be a light in this world and to leave it better than we found it.